Uh, I bought some of my favorite chocolates in the world. Anybody like a chocolate? You're a chocolate fan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I bought some Gerdelli's uh, milk chocolate with caramel. Anybody caramel in the house? Yeah, love, love me some caramel, okay. Um, I have some Reese cups, anybody? Yeah. Ian, if you can do that side, Reese cup, everybody get one, okay, okay. I love, um, I don't know what these are exactly, but they're like super, super fancy. Rocher, yeah, I mean like, that was good, way to go girl, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like super rich when I eat these candies for some reason. They're like nuts, and oh, but I love them, love them. They're like just the best thing ever. And then I have these like Hershey nuggets. I got to give it up for Christina Wesley. She uh, showed me these things. They're like milk chocolate and almonds. Oh, come on. And then, yeah, you can eat it. Like once you get it, like tear that sucker open and eat it. All right, how many of you are Reese's people. You're like, give me a Reese all day, every day. Now, all right, are you Reese cup people or are you just like the normal, like Reese's? Normal? How many normal? Yeah, how about little cups? Cups, yeah, cups, okay. All right, how many of you freeze your Reese's? Yeah? Ooh, now that's, that's, come on out. How about caramel, caramel people? Anybody caramel? Yeah, yes, yes, in Jesus' name. Roche, Roche? Rocher? Rocher. Rocher. Ooh. Rocher. Crocher? Yeah, yeah. A few? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hershey? Who just likes just pure chocolate? Just give me a Hershey bar. Listen, a Hershey bar with some almonds. Todd, I see you, man. I see you. Psalms chapter 34, verse 8 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The Passion Version says, Drink deeply of the pleasures of God. Experience for yourself the joys, the mercies that are given to all who turn and hide themselves in him. You know what I love about simply passing out some candy this morning is this. Everybody just experienced something really good right? Everybody just put something in their mouth and it tastes good. And you know, from experience of tasting candy, man, this is a good thing. And I like candy. And you know what? I might go and buy some more candy after. I know that's the thing that's going to happen is a bunch of you are going to go to Walmart when this is done, okay? And you're going to raid the candy aisle, okay? Now, the thing that I love is this. When I, when I talk about Reese's, regardless if you like it or dislike it, okay? How many of you dislike Reese's? Oh, uh, only a couple of you? We will have prayer and intercession for you after service, okay? But the deal is this. You know that you like it or dislike it. Why? Because you've tasted it. You've experienced it. And then every time you taste it again, what happens? Your brain gets reinforced that, you know what? I really like Reese cups. And I would really like to have some more Reese's cup. And I'm going to steal all my kids' candy on Halloween and dig through and find their Reese cups, right? 
See, Psalms 34 verse 8 is an invitation just like this. It's asking us to change the way we think. It's inviting us into this opportunity to change how we see ourselves, how we see conflict, lack, pain, blessing, relationship, a.k.a. anything in your life, the way we think about stuff, okay? Because here's the deal. Everything is processed through this lens. Is God good? And we've talked a lot about this, and it's amazing how the Lord will not allow me to get away from this idea that he's a good father. It tells me that for a lot of us in the room today, we are still processing and trying to understand this deep in our soul. Is God good? And we think about everything in life through this lens of, is God good? Or we think about it from the lens that I have not taken refuge in the Lord. I have not tasted the goodness of God. And because of that, I question myself. I question conflict. I question lack. I question pain. I question relationships, blessing, whatever. So what does this really look like? What it looks like is this, inferior thinking, okay? Inferior thinking, okay? And we can have it in any area of our life. And Psalms is asking us to taste God so that we can change the way we think and process about God, but also process everything else in our life, okay? The myself, like let's take myself, okay? Sometimes um, I think I haven't done a great job. It wasn't a great performance. Anybody else can relate with me on that? Okay, all right. Uh, conflict, maybe we have conflict in a relationship or a conflict in our marriage, okay? Um, lack, lack in our finances or the ability to perform a certain way in life. Um, blessings, you know, sometimes we have this thought that you know, blessing came, but who knows if it'll ever come again, or, you know, what disasters right around the corner, you know, or relationships, the pressure to find somebody, to find your mate, or argument in a relationship or a friendship. Listen, life crashes into us all the time, okay? Can I get an amen from anybody? They go, yeah, I, I get that, okay? Life crashes into us, okay? And then a lot of times we get into this place that I call inferior thinking. And I got to be honest with you, this is something that I struggle with. Uh, my biological mom um, is a very pessimistic person. Um, she always saw things from a negative uh, you know, frame of mind, um, always saw the worst, always you know, saw the glass half empty. And so um, that obviously got onto my life because of my mom, because she birthed me, okay? So that's something that I've had to make choices to fight in my life, inferior thinking, okay? So let's go through this again, okay? Myself, I don't like myself, okay? Or no, myself, I didn't have a good performance, okay? So inferior thinking takes me instantly to the place of what? you know, self-hatred or insecurity. Anybody else deal with that? You, you, you struggle with something, you didn't have your best performance, you didn't have your best day, and instantly you think, you know, 
I, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not good at this. You have insecurities. And then we get mad at ourselves. Anybody get mad at yourself? I get really mad at myself. Okay? I'm the guy that's like punching myself. Okay? Um, conflict. Okay? Let's take conflict in like our marriage. Okay? This happens all the time. We'll have an issue in our marriage, and instantly our minds will go to an inferior thought of like, this will never change. We're just not compatible with each other any longer. Uh, I just don't feel like I'm in love anymore. Instantly, we have these negative thoughts, okay? Lack, finances, or ability to perform, you know? Instantly, we start thinking, this debt is too much. Can I just say it's a lie from the enemy? That, that is such a stronghold of the enemy, and it will always look bigger than what it really is, and God's got a great plan to, to help you. Or, or we think, I'll never be able to figure this out, or I just wasn't created that way. I, you know, I, I'm trying my best to perform, but I'm just not good enough in this area. Or um, let's say pain, okay, pain. Okay, sometimes pain comes from disappointments in our past, or sometimes pain comes from pain in our physical bodies. It instantly will think, well, you know, I'm going through this pain because I'm not one of God's special children. You know, God's special children are blessed because, you know, God's chosen them to be blessed, but I'm not blessed, and I'm going through this pain, I'm going through this disappointment because I'm not that way. Or we have this thought, and gosh, I hate this thought. It just makes me cringe when people say this, when they're going through something physical in their body and God, and they go, you know, God just wants me to go through this season. And I'm like, really? God wants you to do that. Like that's God's will for your life. So like, you know, should I just like break my son's arm so that, you know, he feels pain and then, you know, I'm the one that like fixes it, you know what I mean? But I'm trying to teach him a lesson. No, this is, this is not God's desire in our life. Or, or God heals, and I hear this all the time, God heals and restores sometimes, right? God heals and restores sometimes. Or maybe if I please God enough, he will be happy with me enough and he will heal my past or heal my body. You know what I mean? This is inferior thinking, okay? Relationships, the pressure to find somebody, arguments with a friend, same way. You know, we have this instant thought that, hey, did God forget about me? You know what's amazing is, how many remember when Abner came a few months ago? By the way, we're going to have him back. He's amazing, okay? Abner's 40, okay? And I'm at dinner with Abner. Abner's single, okay? For all the single ladies out there, okay? Abner's single, okay? He's a good-looking guy, man. He's, got, he's ripped. He's ripped. But I remember I'm sitting there, I'm talking to Abner, and I'm like, Abner, are you going to get married? He said, oh, yeah, the Lord told me I'm going to get married. I was like, you know you're 40. You know what I mean? Like, you're 40. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, and this is what, and this is what he said to me. He said, he said, I have plenty of time. I have plenty of time. So inferior thinking will think, God's forgotten about me, or I better pick somebody quick so I don't become the weird cat lady, you know what I mean? Or, you know, or I just better find somebody, you know? Or, or like, let's look at arguments. This happens all the time. We're in an argument in a relationship, and we think, I'll forgive when they have, you know, made some changes, or I will forgive when they apologize to me first. So in all of these situations, we're talking about inferior thinking. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10 says this, and the thief has one and only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, destroy. 
steal, slaughter, destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance. Can we get an amen on that? Abundance, okay? More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. This is Jesus speaking. He says, listen, the enemy's purpose is to steal, kill, destroy. My purpose is to come and to bless your life, to increase your life, to increase your soul, to bless you to the place that you are overflowing in blessing. Okay? Now, the enemy cannot force you and I to make poor choices or poor decisions in life. But he can lead us into an inferior life. I was recently talking to a friend of mine, and he told me the story about somebody he knew that was $100,000 in credit card debt, okay? Can you look at your neighbor and go, oh, my gosh, okay? It's like, oh, Jesus, okay? $100,000 in credit card debt. They made some drastic decisions. They cashed out their 401k, they sold their house to downsize, they made a bunch of changes, paid off the $100,000, got completely out of debt. Five years later, they were $65,000 again in credit card debt. Five years later, okay? What's happening in this situation? The enemy has caused them to think inferior to the word of God. Okay, so the enemy goes, my baseline, my start point is to get you to think inferior thoughts that are contrary to the word of God and contrary to God's promises and contrary to what God wants to do in your life. And if he can get you to think inferior thoughts, you will give into a place where now you legally give him right to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. Because you are choosing in your mind to agree with the kingdom of darkness instead of agreeing to agree with the kingdom of light. So everything that we do in this life, every choice, every decision we make, we are either agreeing with what the enemy is speaking over our life which is inferior to the kingdom of God. Let me make that again, a statement. It is inferior to the kingdom of God. Every lie from hell is a lie from hell to rob, steal, and cheat your life. So I can either choose to stand in this inferior thinking and agree with what is hell speaking over my life, or I can choose to go, you know what, I'm going to believe what the Word of God has spoken and the truth of the Word of God and what God has said and His promises regardless of what I'm seeing going around me right now. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I said it last week. It has been... It's been a rough few weeks on me and Jess and the team and the ups and the downs and just, it just feels like, it's like, it's like you get so close and then you like take five steps back. And you get so close, you take five steps back. And it'll wear you out, wear your thinking out, it'll wear your body out, wear your emotions out. But I still have to choose Am I going to believe what the enemy is speaking to me at 2 o'clock in the morning? Am I going to believe what the enemy is speaking to me in the car? Am I going to believe what the enemy is lying over my life? Or am I going to believe what God has spoken to me? 
Am I going to believe what God has said to me? Am I going to believe what the Word of God promises me? We have to choose. Are we going to believe in inferior thinking? We have to renew our minds by tasting the goodness of God. See, this is why God says, taste. He says, I want you to taste and I want you to see for yourself my goodness. Because once you've tasted a Reese, you know a Reese is good. Amen? You are never going to turn down a free Reese cup, okay? So what happens when you taste and you see that God is good, inferior thinking comes and you go, no, I'm good. I've tasted the goodness of God. I've seen him be faithful. I saw when I was in the darkest place, he took me out of that dark place and he put me on the rock. He is my strength. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for you. Okay? Learn. I love that. It says learn God's will. Okay, how many know that we are in a constant progression of learning what God's will is for our life? Okay, and let me say this. It is never too late. That is such a lie from hell. Okay, if you are breathing, if you are alive, if you are on planet Earth, God wants to use you. God needs you. God has a great plan for your life. But we learn to know what God's will is for our lives by the way we think. Okay. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says this. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. Think about the things of heaven. When was the last time you just daydreamed about heaven? Not too often, right? You know, we daydream about a vacation. We daydream about the pumpkin patch again the pumpkin patch if listen if i had a dollar for every picture that i see on instagram of people at the pumpkin patch i would be stinking rich okay we think about things of this earth but the reality is this the things of earth are going to quickly pass by you know i was looking at this kid the other day michael boy okay turn 13 oh, i love you so much okay and, and Luke, he'll, he'll climb up in my lap, and that's one of my favorite things in the world. Like, we'll just come home, he'll climb up in my lap, we'll just sit there together, and we'll just kind of, you know, snuggle. And I, and I love it, okay? That doesn't happen too much with a 13-year-old, you know what I mean? And so, so the other night, you know, we're like in our room, and we're making some big choices and decisions about Michael's future. And, and I, just, I just grabbed him, and he was in his tidy whities and I just, I just, I just... I just made him sit down, and I just locked him down, and I just held him down. I'm like, you're going to sit with me in the name of Jesus, okay? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna sit right. You're going to sit right here. Now, <laughs> you're like, where are we going with this, okay? <laughs> Listen, we're always so wrapped up in the things of earth, but it's amazing how quickly he went from Luke's size to this size, and how things just quickly move. 
Life is going to come and life is going to go. But the things of God will never, ever change. And there is this thing called eternity that we are supposed to live for. Not to live for this life, but to live for that life with Jesus. Joshua, this is one of my favorite verses in the whole entire Bible. It's an amazing passage. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 through 9. It says this, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate it on it day and night, meaning over and over and over again. I love how the enemy will take something that God has biblically set up, meditation, and use it in a dark kingdom way. Isn't it amazing how he'll twist that? Okay, he'll pervert anything that God establishes. So God says, I want you to meditate upon my promises. I want you to meditate upon my words day and night. And then it goes on to say this, so then you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. There should be sirens going off in your soul right now. There should be sirens going off in your mind going, you know what? I want to prosper and I want to succeed in everything I want, that I do. I want to be the best mom. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best husband. I want to be the best wife. I want to be the best employee. I want to be the best boss. I want to be the best at our finances. I want to be the best. I want to prosper and succeed in everything that I do. Verse 9, this is my command, to be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Listen, I have no fear in this life when I understand what God has promised me. I have no fear. I can walk into any situation, any place, and go, you know what? I know that God's for me because I know the word of God and I know his promises and his promises do not fail. His promises are yes and amen. So I will stand on the word of God and I will prosper and succeed according to his goodness. Amen? Okay. Listen, when we align our thoughts with truth, okay? When we align our thoughts with truth, we will prosper and exceed all that we do. Okay, so Matthew. Okay, let's take Matthew 633. Okay, it says this, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God in all of its righteousness. Meaning this, putting a priority. This is what Jesus said. I want you to put a priority on the kingdom of God. I want you to put a priority on the word of God. I want you to put a priority on prayer. I want you to put a priority on worship. I want you to put a priority on me and me alone first, okay? We struggle with this in life, right? So I got one of these shape things. Remember these things, okay, the little, the little things? It's not, it's not hard, okay? You know what I mean? It's not hard, okay? Now, what's interesting is this. You know, let's find... I want the star. Where's the star? There we go. I like stars. Okay. So if I have a star, okay, and I put it into the star hole, yeah, you know, it, you know what I love about it? It's like instant gratification. It's just like, I did a good job. I am so happy right now. You know what I mean? All right. So now if we take the star, okay, 
and we try to put the star into the square. Oh, I know, seriously. It's like, dang it. Why won't this star go in the square? Same thing with our life. God goes, seek me first. Seek me first. Put me first in everything you do. Put me first in your marriage. Put me first with your kids. Put me first in your job. Put me first at the beginning of the day. Put me first in your finances. Put me first. So, but this is what happens, okay? We hear the truth of the word of God, right? So we hear a truth, okay? So like a truth is this. In Malachi, it says, bring the 10th into the storehouse, tithe. We go, that sounds good, but God, do you know what the 10th is? I don't like that. So we do this. We go, God, I'll do it my way, and we'll kind of just, we'll kind of do it, right? Because look, I got it halfway in there, right? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, God, I'll give a little bit here, I'll give a little bit there, and, you know, I'll try, but it's like, and we're like, come on, let's work, you know, let's make this happen, you know, or, or if, you know, the Lord talks to you um, about forgiveness, right? The word says that we are to forgive first, okay? We have to put ourselves in a position to forgive, and then the Lord will forgive us. But we go, mm, God, if you only knew what that person really did to me, though, if you only knew the hurt in my soul, if you only knew how bad it feels, God, I, I, can, I can do some, I can do some, right? But what happens is this. As we do some, but we don't prosper and succeed. And then we're like, God, where are you? God, why have you forsaken me? God, why did you turn your back on me? And then we double down in our own strength and our own ability. And we're like, listen, you are going to work. I know, Ruby. It's okay. Oh, I love this girl. Hi, baby girl. So we go, we're going to make this happen, right? <laughs> this star is going into this hole. Am I right? We're like, we're going to make my way happen. Regardless if it's right, regardless if it's God's promise, regardless if this is what God wants, I'm going to make this happen. So we take this thing, we're like this. You know? And we're like, dang it! That didn't work at all! We're like, it's a mess! And all of a sudden, we're like, how did I get in this affair? Ooh. So you didn't put your wife first. You didn't put the word of God first. You put your emotions first. We go, how did I get into all this debt? God goes, well, I had a plan. 
You just want to do your way. See, the Bible says when, when the word is in our soul, we will then think about the word of God, and the word of God will be the authority in our mind. So when inferior thinking comes, it bows down to the word of God. And then I prosper and I succeed in everything that God has for my life. See, the issue is this. It's inferior thinking. You know, it's these thoughts that I can force God to think my way. I can get God to change his mind. Or we think, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't like that part of the Bible. So I'll just read the verses I like. Right? I'll quote the verses that I like. Right? The Lord said this, my people perish not, not because of the enemy. My, he said, my people, they perish for a lack of knowledge. What is he saying? My wisdom. Where does his wisdom come? The word of God. His truth. His promises. So, let's, let's rework this. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Okay? Let's rework this. Okay? When I have the right thinking, okay, and I stand upon the word of God, all of a sudden, my life starts to do what? It starts to demonstrate who God is, okay? Our, we are on planet Earth to declare with our mouth and to demonstrate with our life the goodness of God. It's the only thing that will cause people to go, I want Jesus, right? I mean, come on, guys. Listen, we live in America, okay? I mean people heard, they've heard the story of Jesus, okay? And I, I've been harping on this, and, and I think it's just the Lord just going over and over again. I want you to understand this. Listen, people will want Jesus when they can see it through your life, okay? This is what I love. This is what I love about people like Bill and Atta Price, They just, they can't help it. The goodness of God just flows, just flows. That's what I love about Drew and Farrah. I think I knew Drew like 30 seconds and he talked to me about Dave Ramsey, you know? But you know what I love? I love that his finances declare who God is. So I'm not, I'm not surprised when people go, I want to be close to Bill and Etta. I want to be close to Drew and Farrah. I want to be close to Mark and Brenda. I want to be close to Ryan and Megan. I want to be close to so on and so on and so on. Why? Because their life is declaring and demonstrating the goodness of God. Why? Because they chose the word of God. They chose the promises of God. They chose to not have inferior thinking.
Amen? So let's replay this, okay? Myself, right? I have a performance about myself I don't like, okay? And so inferior thinking says insecurity, self-hatred. But the Word of God says what? Psalms 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my Savior, my God, my rock, in whom I find my protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me and puts me into a safe place. So even though I messed up, even though my performance wasn't great, doesn't mean that I have to wallow in insecurity. Doesn't mean I got to wallow in self-hatred. I can go, you know what? The Word of God says God is, my God is, He's on Him. I can stand on Jesus' performance in this life. Let's say conflict, okay? We have conflict in our marriage. Instead of thinking we're just not compatible, instead of thinking this will never work, instead of thinking this can never be fixed, this is hopeless, we choose to believe the Word of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says that the temptation in our life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. Can I get an amen for that? God is faithful. And he will not allow you to be tempted more than what you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 says, Each time he said, My grace is all that you need. My power works best in your weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. So now when I have conflict, I go, it's okay. It's all right. I can stand. I can change. My marriage can get better in Jesus' name. My marriage will get better in Jesus' name because I'm going to stand upon God's truth. And he's going to give me the grace that I need to walk this marriage out. He's going to give me the grace that I need to be the parent that I need to be. He's going to give me the grace that I need in this life. He is my strength and my weakness. How about lack? Okay, we have lack. Well, Malachi verse chapter 3 verse 10 says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. This is huge, this is huge. And let me just say this, we are so excited to move into this new season. But guess what, it's gonna take more finances to move into this new season. And we need people that will be faithful to the kingdom of God and will bring the tent into the storehouse. He said, bring it into my house so that there's meat in my house. Is God trying to rob, steal, or cheat you? No. God's going, listen, I care about kids in Africa. I care about kids down in Brazil. I care about what's going on in the Middle East. I care about what's going on in this city. I cared about you. So I sent Jeff and Jess uh, with nothing to the city in faith so that they could serve this church and they could reach you. And he goes, I want to reach more people. Amen. So he says, bring the tent into the storehouse so that there's meat in my house so that we can continue to move forward in the things that God has called us to do. Amen? And then this is his promise. If you do this, says the Lord of the heavens, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessings so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And then he says, try it. Put me to test. Put me to test, the Lord says. You're lacking in finances? He goes, put my kingdom first. 
Let me show you just how good I am. Let me show you how faithful I am. I will bless you to the place that you won't have enough room to even contain it anymore. It will just flow out of you. It will go into other people's hands because you are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? How about pain? Pain, pain in your body. Luke chapter 4, verse 40 says this, And the sun went down that evening. People through the village brought their sick family members to Jesus. And no matter what their disease was, no matter what their disease was, no matter what their disease was, the Lord touched them and healed every one. Healed every one. How about relationships? Pressure to find somebody. All of a sudden we start looking at Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says this, but those who put their trust in the Lord find new strength. They soar high on, wing, on eagle's wings. They will run and not go weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Psalm chapter 37, verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give your heart's desires. You know what I love about Abner's comment about being 40 and he's got plenty of time? He's going, I'm putting my delight in the Lord. I'm putting my hope in the Lord and the Lord knows what my desires are and if I put my trust and my hope in the Lord and the Lord first and foremost he is faithful to take care of me in Jesus name we can choose inferior thinking or we can go you know what I'm going to choose the word of God the problem is this it's just easier to go with your feelings and your emotions at the moment right but there's no life there all there is is death and frustration and anger. God wants you. Jesus said, I came so that you could have life and life to the abundant. Life to the abundant. Jesus is inviting us into his kingdom to go, I want you blessed. 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 I'm so sick of hearing people go, I'm going through this because God just wants me to suffer. No, God has no desire for you to suffer. That is not in the Word of God. That is nowhere in the Word of God that you can prove to me that God goes, I want you to suffer. And don't talk to me about Job, okay? Don't, don't go, okay, we're going to go back to Job. No, no. We are going to talk about what Jesus Christ came to do for me and you. He came. He gave his life. He bled for you. He was nailed to the cross. He was whipped for you so that you can live life to the full. He went to the cross so you could have victory over sin. He took the whip so that you could be healed. The Word of God is the Word of God. It is the truth that I will stand on. It is the truth that I will build my family on. It is the truth that I will build this church on. And we will not forsake it. We will not forget it. We will stand upon the Word of God. And we will go forth and we will have victory in Jesus' name. And Jesus is going the same the same is for you I am no respecter of person what I did in someone else's life I'll do for you in Jesus name why don't you stand this morning we're gonna sing this chorus this morning there's no other name there's no other name there's nothing there's nothing like Jesus.